0: It's good, karate good, everything good.
1: Balance bad, better pack up for home.
2: Understand?
1: Yeah, I understand. In the
0: house. Welcome to Now Playing's the Karate Kid Retrospective Series. It's not tournament. It's for real. With the upcoming reboot starring Jaden Smith and Jackie Chan, Brock, Arnie, and Jacob will be looking back at all the Karate Kid movies, culminating in a weekend of release review of the new film. Fear, the in this no, play, play. These podcasts will contain spoilers, and you can find a new podcast each week at NowPlayingPodcast.com.
2: Ask one more small request.
0: And if you enjoy this podcast, Please take a moment to leave us a positive review on iTunes.
2: You're a pushy little bastard, ain't you? I like that.
0: Today, we're talking about The Karate Kid Part 3, starring Ralph Macchio, Pat Morita, Thomas Ian Griffith. Special appearance by Martin Cove, Robert Lively, and Sean Kanan, directed by John G. Avildsen. This is Brock, co host of Now Playing. And this is a very special appearance by Jacob. And this is Arnie.
2: Bonsai!
0: I just love it. it had special appearance by Martin Cove, like he was doing something else, that he had to stop doing it and come in here. Because the last time it said, returning as Kreese, and we didn't mention that.
1: I actually wrote that down. What is special about his appearance here? Part two, that's a special appearance. He comes in for a short cameo. Agreed. He's kind of like one of the main villains in part three. There's nothing special about his appearance. The story's about his appearance.
2: In fact, you could say this entire story is the story of Kreese's redemption in a way. Or his return to glory. Return to glory? Did you watch the end of the movie? He was defeated! Well, his attempted at return to glory. I mean, normally when you start a movie out and you see a guy who looks pretty homeless and obviously drunk and he's losing everything, doesn't that movie end with his triumph? I mean, that's almost what it seemed like they were setting us up for here. I
1: don't know well, what this movie was trying to set us up for. The <laughs> third part of a trilogy, that's your big statement. It's the third and final part. And I don't know what the statement of this movie is.
0: Before we go into the statement of the movie or the lack of statement in this movie, why don't we do a quick plot summary for those people who it's
2: been a while since they Seen the Karate Kid Part 3. Arnie? Well, as I was mentioning, evil sensei Kreese is still trying to run his Cobra Kai, but after his students' defeat by Daniel San in the big tournament ending Karate Kid Part 1, every student has left. He's down on his luck, has nothing else to do, so he decides he's going to just give up the ghost of owning his own dojo and goes to Terry Silver, who was his old war buddy and the banker behind Cobra Kai dojos. He tells Terry that I've given up, I can't do it anymore, and Terry decides, even though he's a multi-millionaire nuclear waste disposer, he's going to put all his nuclear waste disposal business on hold and enter the business of revenge to help John Kreese return to glory by having Daniel-san defeated in the next tournament. That's right. This movie's picking up right after part two, so we're still in 1985-86, and Daniel-san and Mr. Miyagi have just returned from Okinawa. Mr. Miyagi lost his job because they sold the apartment building, but Daniel uses his college money, which he last used to go to Okinawa. Now he uses it to help Mr. Miyagi realize his dream of opening a bonsai store called Mr. Miyagi's Little Trees. (laughs) Oh. Oh my... Terry hires karate bad boy Mike Barnes to beat Daniel in the ring, promising him 50% of ownership in the new Cobra Kai Dojo franchise that he will be opening. Daniel wants to defend his title. Mr. Miyagi knows there's no glory in fighting for fighting's sake refuses to let Daniel. Bad boy Mike Barnes terrorizes Daniel and tears up the bonsai store, stealing the trees. So Daniel and new girl friend but not girlfriend but a friend who's a girl jessica go to where mr miyagi planted a real bonsai tree on the side of a mountain so daniel is bullied on the side of this cliff to return to the tournament miyagi refuses to train him terry silver poses as a good guy and starts teaching daniel the dark side of the karate so that daniel makes his knuckles bleed and then long story short daniel realizes terry silver and crease are in on it together still is forced to fight in the ring goes in the ring gets his butt handed to him by Mike Barnes the bad boy but beats Mike Barnes by getting one lucky hit in in overtime
0: yeah see the convoluted <laughs> plot unite. summary yeah it's is exactly the thing with this movie is like so much happens in such a little bit of time when you watch the movie And I'm going to say this straight out. I never watched this movie start to finish before on purpose. I always came in the middle here and there. (laughs) You intentionally started in the middle? Well, no. Like It was on. I watched like an hour of it and turned it off. I have to say, watching it from start to finish, even though it is a bear to summarize and it's it's all over the place, it's watchable from start to finish. When you come in the middle here and there, you're like, what the hell is this? And maybe you guys had that reaction, but to me... I was like, okay, this makes a little more sense now. Okay, this makes a little more sense now. It's certainly watchable from start to finish, although it is a far drop off a mountainside from where we left off the last two movies.
2: Now, I will agree with you that it normally takes many changes in creative heads and things for a series to fall this far this fast. The fact that the original writer and original director and the two stars are all on board for this debacle is astounding. I first saw this in theaters opening day in 1989, and as we've talked about in previous podcasts, 1989 was sequel-rific. We had Lethal Weapon 2, Indiana Jones 3, Star Trek 5, Nightmare Street 5 Ghostbusters
0: 2 James Bond License to Kill and
2: I went to see Karate Kid 3 opening day (laughs) (laughs) I said in the last podcast I was really looking forward to rewatching this because I was because when I watched it in theaters, I was confused. I'm like, what the hell is really going on here? Not that it was so deep or anything, but because I just couldn't figure out why these people were doing what they were doing. Nothing they do makes sense. And I was hoping watching it with an adult's perspective, I'd be able to make more sense of it. And the sense I'm able to make is this is bleeping stupid.
0: Yeah, you hit the nail on the head right there. The problem with this movie is the motivation for the plot to go into motion is just stupid. It's just dumb. It's a revenge tale from a character that really doesn't need a revenge tale from where I'm sitting. It's not the series is about him. It's about Daniel and Miyagi. And, and every scene they <laughs> I'm trying to be serious about this, but I just can't. <laughs> it, it, the guy, the ponytail,
1: Steven Seagal wannabe guy. Terry Silver. Terry Silver. I, I thought, you know. This takes place in the Valley, which is known for putting out tons of porn. And (laughs) first of all, he's got the ponytail. And then his name's Terry Silver. Yeah. Every time
0: he cackled, I was thinking cartoon villain. Every time he laughed. I have
2: have cartoon written over and over. Seriously, I had comic book because look look at the arc here. And, Jacob, maybe you can relate to this being a comic book guy. But how many – Story arcs start with the supervillain in defeat looking for revenge and a comeback. I think this happened to Dr. Octopus and Spider-Man.
1: You know, Hardy, you bring up a good point with the whole comic book thing. If you guys ever read, like, old Marvel comic books, they would always do these adaptations when movies came out. They did their Star Wars adaptations. They They did a 2001 A Space Odyssey adaptation, which... Had to go. It was about the adventures of cavemen and stuff. It just seems like one of those weird, goofy, like '70s or '80s adaptations of a really good film that you would have got from Marvel. And the only thing that was missing on Terry was his uh, his, his handlebar mustache that he could twirl. That would also help with the porn career. Yeah, it would. I mean, yeah, I remember when Revenge of the Sith came out, people complained about Grievous being this, you know, rubbing his hands as he ties the maiden to the train tracks, really flat villain. Grievous is like three-dimensional, uh, the Godfather-style villain compared to <laughs> Terry Silver here. I mean, this guy was paper thin. I mean, All these characters were paper thin. You got a bad guy named Snake. You know, you know... <laughs> You know you have nothing when you're just, you know, you don't have any Dutch or Johnny or, or Tommy. The villains in the first movie, they had some dimension to them, and they were just background characters. And now you got Snake with his gold chains.
0: <laughs> the first time I laughed out loud was when he was setting Terry Silver up, and he's in his mansion, and he's walking along, talking, or maybe Creese walks in, he tells him I'm through, and he signs that plutonium deal. Sir, plutonium deal? Okay, sure. Signs it off, and like nonchalantly, like he does three or four of them a day, 19. 1989. Plutonium, of course. Why not plutonium? Of course, if it was today, what would it be? I don't even know.
2: It's just so funny that they had to make him such an over the top villain. He's like, I used to be able to dump this stuff anywhere. Now there's regulations. I mean, he's his job is polluter. (laughs) That's what I'm
1: saying. He's so they do everything they can to make this guy like they, they could put a neon sign, I guess, above him saying bad guy with an arrow pointing at him. That's yeah. about the only thing they didn't do here.
2: You know what I think they should have done is keep in mind. This movie came out in 89, but it's still taking place in like 85, 86. Instead of being like nuclear waste guy, they should have Gordon Gekkoed him and just ripped off Wall Street and made a statement about the mid 80s power hungry people.
1: Well, well, maybe the uh, the writers and producers and director here saw how well Superman four did with their whole <laughs> nuclear energy storyline. <laughs> so they're just trying to build off of that mythos.
2: So Mike Barnes is nuclear man in that analogy.
1: I don't know, and I don't
2: (laughs) care. Speaking of Superman 4, I have my own Superman 4 analogy for this movie.
1: That's really bad if a movie has two Superman 4 analogies.
2: Did anyone else notice that Daniel just came in and didn't even bother to lose any weight for this role this time around? Oh yeah, he
1: ate a ton of rice in Okinawa, because this guy came (laughs) back with like 20- He had two chins going on in this movie.
0: I want to give one compliment to Ralph Macchio while we're going off on him for a moment. I don't know if I can give many to this uh because it 's not really a hundred percent his fault, he did what he could, but he
2: could have you know trained for the role yeah,
0: he could have done that uh you know he's not de Niro here, aren't he <laughs> uh, I like this Daniel more than the Daniel in the last movie. This Daniel was closer to the first movies' Daniel, and I like the return of the American Daniel, with the Okinawa he was kind of neutered, and I kind of like that he was back to that kid, he kind of found the role a little bit more. But then again, the role has progressed from the absolute victim in the first movie. He should have been less of a victim in this movie. But again, unfortunately, that angle was played up so much that it took away from him actually returning to the banter and the flirting with the girl and... All the little things that I liked about the performance in the first movie that worked better in the first movie, of course, he did return here to. All right, I disagree 100%. Oh, well, I was trying, I was
2: trying to find a positive in this. <laughs> I think it's not necessarily Machio's fault. Yeah. I felt like in this movie, Daniel was off. Like, take the scene where he's trying to convince Mr. Miyagi, after already signing the lease behind Miyagi's back, to open Mr. Miyagi's little trees. Mm-hmm. He, he comes off like a used car dealer doesn't he Mm -hmm. if he was pushy and going to okinawa in part two now he's a i don't know what else to call him but a budinsky i mean seriously this guy needs to mind his own business mr miyagi existed for many many years before daniel san rolled around we're supposed to think these two knew each other for a year and daniel is going to force a business upon him
1: what what Realty company gave a lease to an 18 year old kid. That that's like every, and and that's just the problem with this movie. Everything is there just to move it to the next plot point. I
2: want to know how they got Mr. Miyagi's signature on the contract. <laughs> I
1: know that's right. Mr. Miyagi has to put up a fight about Daniel using his college money to get a lease to open up his little tree store but like his whole argument is like over after a couple of sentences uh, from Daniel it's just like okay we gotta move to the next plot point okay now we're there now we gotta go to this like everything it's just there to get to the end like there's no soul to this movie there's something missing let's
2: look at these characters who have evolved from movie to movie we complained in the last one about the short shrift that Elizabeth Shue's character got right but here Komiko got a dance job in Tokyo so she's written off in a sentence and Yuki, with whom Mr. Miyagi was falling in Love, Miss gets gets one sentence. I spend all money rebuilding Yuki house. Yeah, but Yukiya yeah, supposed why to why go with her. her?
0: Yeah, he's supposed to come back. Yeah. yeah.
2: Take take me with you is what she said. And what would have been so wrong, even if you couldn't get the actress back and you didn't want to recast, what would have been so wrong about just a drop line yu gi getting affairs in order? She'll be here in six weeks.
1: Yeah. Well, even Jessica doesn't make it through this movie. Daniel's love interest in the movie doesn't make it to the end. <laughs> I mean, it's just and it's not because she dies. It's just she falls in love with another guy and leaves.
2: What is up with that? I Don't even under... That doesn't make any
1: sense on any kind of storytelling level. Her character in this movie
0: is completely superfluous. I don't think she's needed in this movie. She's
2: needed, otherwise he can't climb a mountain. She just so happens to be a mountain climber. Well, there's your problem right there. They wrote a
0: whole character in so she learned learn how to repel off a mountain. That's the same. We're saying the same thing from different angles here.
2: I mean, it's, it's it's insane. I remember when this movie came out. I You don't understand how much I remember about seeing this opening day. I was reading newspaper articles about this movie before it opened. And I remember reading an interview with either the writer or director where they said specifically they didn't want Daniel to have another girlfriend and another romance because he'd just gone through two supposedly in a year. So they really just wanted... ...wanted him to have a friend with no romantic interests. Unfortunately, that's boring.
0: Well, Arnie, wait a second. Oh, let's go back a step. Mr. Miyagi put the tree on the side of a cliff in the first place. He knows how to rappel down a mountain. You could have had written the script so Danielson and Miyagi do it together. Because what happens at the end of the movie... They do it together, and you could say, "Oh, Daniel taught Mr. Miyagi how to do this because Jessica taught him." I don't know about you, but a novice guy, <laughs> a novice repeller, will not take me down the side of a steep cliff like that to plant, replant the tree. So Miyagi and him could have done that in themselves. They could have gotten there themselves
2: this entire movie is about daniel going behind miyagi's back if you think about it that's the only theme to this whole movie is daniel goes behind miyagi's back to open mr miyagi's little trees daniel goes behind miyagi's back to steal the bonsai daniel goes behind miyagi's back to get trained that's the theme of this movie if you so he couldn't have stolen the bonsai which is basically what it is is theft i mean it's almost elder abuse
1: Hardy, you're, you're saying that Daniel is off, his character is off, and that's the thing. He's so abusive to Mr. Miyagi in this movie. In the previous two, yeah, he puts up a fight, but in the end he respects his wishes. And, and you know, he, at first, you know, why do I – I got to wash all these cars and wax them. No, just do it. Just listen to me. Just trust me. And he falls in line. And this, he's just like – he's like a bad boyfriend in this movie. I
0: still like the fast-talking stuff that he brought back into the role. I can see where you guys are going with this when – he wasn't so bland, but he still wasn't the Daniel we know from the first movie. For example, it was annoying as hell, that stupid macaroni and cheese conversation they had. Oh, that was having,
1: terrible. That was it was horrible. Mac and cheese like monologue improv. is what I wrote. <laughs>
2: I went, he really has something for mac and cheese.
1: <laughs> That's like the only time he shows any passion is in this movie is when he talks about the mac and cheese.
2: <laughs> and it might have been ad-libbed. I mean, you see what he looks like in this film. He enjoyed the mac and cheese. <laughs> All I'm saying is, I
0: love that he had that fast-talking thing there. He had it when he was trying to convince Miyagi of the, of the place. The entire movie's plot could have been easily fixed if he went to Mr. Miyagi and said, here's what's going on, Mr. Miyagi. These guys are trying to bully me into this tournament. That and The whole movie could have been kiboshed if he just spoke to the guy. But you're right, you pointed out the theme of the movie is he seems to be falling to the dark side, as we mentioned those those words earlier. And so therefore... To make the movie go, just like in a sitcom, just like in a drama on TV, if people had a simple conversation about what was going on as being honest with each other, you could have avoided so many problems. But yet, the stupid movie logic, as a friend of mine says, is just here,
2: constantly. Rock, I see what you're saying about last movie you called him bland, and I get it because if there's no strife, then there's nothing worth watching. There's no drama. Mm-hmm. And these movies really are dramas. Mm-hmm. So in the last movie, because he was so reverential to Mr. Miyagi, and so yes, 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 Mr. Miyagi, then I could see where that would bore you. I liked it, <laughs> but I could see where it would bore you. But in this one, it's it's a complete 180. It's like, did the person who wrote the see part two? Wait, he wrote part two. What the hell? <laughs>
0: Yeah, good point. I just think that it, for me, it was more fun to watch him in the role. I'm not saying it was a good character, or well-written. I'm saying I had more fun watching him do this than I did last
2: time. Hey, it worked for him. After all, look at his career since. Oh, wait. Wow. Cheap shot.
1: Wow. Hey, hey, maybe there's hey, a Mike chance Barnes, he get on Celebrity own- Fit Club.
2: <laughs> <laughs> he's actually working. He's on. He was on Ugly Betty this year and he's doing small. And he's not on there anymore. But The show, again, the was, show canceled. was canceled. But he was canceled before the show. Dude, I don't watch the show.
0: All I know is I do. Uh, I stopped watching. The show. <laughs> he
2: did have my cousin. He did have my cousin Vinny. I got to give him that. That was after Karate Kid Three.
0: But a supporting role, which always blew my mind, why he took a supporting role in that movie? It
2: was work. He did. Did you see Karate Kid Three? He was lucky.
0: <laughs> Let's talk about Mike Barnes for a moment, because bad boy me up. Mike
2: Barnes. Tm. Mike,
0: bad boy Mike Barnes. My favorite scene of Mike Barnes in this movie was when they're on the side of the cliff and they're, and they're dangling on the side of the cliff and they want to, they want them to sign the, the, the paper, I just found that entire scene hysterical and Mike Barnes is an idiot because <laughs> <laughs> if he wants to...
1: <laughs> he's willing to commit murder to get a guy to join a, a karate tournament. The only way
0: he gets his money if Daniel shows up for the, the tournament. So what is he doing? He's threatening to kill him
1: unless he's has <laughs> 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 Now, yes, he could have killed the girl and that would've been enough but well they did imply gang raping her which yes they really I did it was they a did. bit over the top for this movie like i got a gross feeling it's like well, you know just imagine what we could all do to her I'm yeah, like, well, yeah. this uh, is fake. the Karate <laughs> Kid. We need to stay away from gangrene. He
2: is terrible, but I think that it was just threats. But you know what bothered me about Bad Boy Mike Barnes is that he had such a domination over Daniel. After I realized Daniel's only been doing karate now for about a year, but given that he was such a champion and he took down Chosen in... Seen that he won a life or death match. You think he could actually defend himself a little bit better against bad boy Mike Barnes, TM.
1: <laughs> no one was there to play the drums for him, though, to teach him some moves. So maybe that was his problem.
2: Mike Barnes, though, I mean, really, if you look at it all, Mike Barnes is a stormtrooper and Kreese is Darth Vader and Terry is the Emperor. Exactly.
1: Well, and let's talk about this, because I was kind of intrigued about seeing Daniel go to the dark side.
2: Which is what it is, isn't it? Oh, yeah, it's it's yeah.
1: totally Return to the Jedi. It totally is. But you know what? What else are they going to do with this character? Make him a Cobra Kai? That's, I don't know. If they had a, a good script, that could be a good movie. You know what but I was like, thinking?
0: I was thinking it, is that a year before he had defeated Johnny and the Cobra Kai, and then they earned each other's respect and all that, wouldn't it have been an interesting idea to have Johnny and the band of Cobra Kai, ex Cobra Kai people team up with Daniel to confront all of this. Like if he went to them and brought them back in, that might have been a more interesting story.
2: They actually went to college.
1: Anything would have been a more interesting story.
0: <laughs> True. But you see what I'm saying? Like that would have been a, a way to bring the things together in full circle and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's, it's a very cliched sequel thing. Enemies now become friends for a common goal.
1: No, but- I, I was actually thinking that same thing, Brock. I wanted to see the return of Johnny and his gang. I wanted I wanted that. I, I like that group. I wanted to see what happened with them.
0: Yeah. Why not? And then it would have been been an easier way to get pretty much the conversion of the dark side and all that kind of... It was fine, I guess. Those scenes in the dojo when he's turning him to the dark side. I mean, all of us see what's happening. Daniel's doubting what's going on because the script tells him to. It was weird, but it was interesting to watch at the same time for me. I kind of... Was intrigued by a little bit by those
2: as you said but do you think they were good scenes well these were the scenes that confused me back in 89 because what i didn't get was if terry's trying to make daniel lose the fight terribly taking away the turning to the dark side bit i'm like why is he helping daniel get better because at the beginning daniel hurts his foot against the board and by the end he's breaking the board so that was what confused me is like is terry trying to Maybe really bring Daniel over to the dark side so he'll leave Mr. Miyagi and be the champion of the new Cobra Kai karate.
1: Yeah, I had no idea. It doesn't make any sense because their, their whole plan, when you get this you know, mustache-twisting plan at the beginning with crease and Silver, they talk about breaking Daniel and how he's going to get totally pummeled in this tournament. And then he teaches him to be like uh, Bruce Lee smashing boards with his fist, like <laughs> a totally tough ass fighter. And like I'm like, so how is, he, how is this going to make him lose unless like he teaches him some kata that bad boy Mike Barnes already knows so he can counter everything? Like, I had no idea how this was supposed to make Daniel lose. This
2: entire plot was so convoluted. First of all, there's the line that just I love when Terry's planning this whole thing where he's like, for the next few weeks, my business is strictly revenge. And he- He just puts everything on hold, and he decides he's going to build up Daniel's confidence so that when Daniel loses, he's even more crushed. I would say that this is like the revenge of feeding someone fatty hams and sausages and hoping they have a heart attack. (laughs) I also
1: thought, though, that It's a long-term (laughs) plan.
2: It really is. It's like, couldn't you just kick his ass? I mean, (laughs) seriously, why don't we just get to the kicking of ass? Why does it have to be so convoluted? Why can't Mike Barnes just beat him in the ring? Why does he have to pummel him in the ring, you know?
0: My my theory is this, and I don't think it's said in the script, but I think it was implied early in the movie, but just dropped completely is. If they turn Daniel, they hurt me on.
2: They said that, yeah, but...
1: But Miyagi wanted to have nothing to do with the fight anyway.
0: It's in the movie, just like everything else is in the movie there. You know, just like the rule of sudden death was thrown in the movie. Hey, I don't have to fight for the last fight this time. (laughs) So you we know, to, we can avoid having a long tournament segment. So it's everything's in there if you want it to make sense, but they t- completely drop the it. The thing is, it's in
2: there, but it doesn't make Stuff. sense. I know. Th- th- this t- is t- just this is just a lot of work for evil. You know, <laughs> this is just a lot of work for revenge. If they're this motivated, I think they should just gang up, beat the crap out of Daniel, and then go to Tahiti together. Wait, which
1: they do towards the end in the hilarious scene where John Crease pops out behind his little cutout.
2: He's like woo,
1: and oh, it's just because. Here's my problem with that scene: is they beat Daniel up. Miyagi comes in, beats all three of them up. Okay, we've established now that Miyagi is he's not scared of them; he could fight them. So now, what is Daniel's motivation to stay in the tournament? Because the whole his whole motivation was he was going to get beat up for the rest of his life. Well, now Miyagi could beat them all up, so there's no threat now. He doesn't need to be in the tournament.
0: Jacob, it gets even worse. After he defeats Barnes in the tournament, why on earth would they stop picking on Daniel and Yes,
1: Matt?
2: exactly.
1: Because now he's lost his whole franchise of dojos.
2: Yeah, because Bad Boy Mike Barnes loses the one match. And don't you notice people are throwing the shirts they just bought back?
1: I, I'm sorry. If you're going to be a, a Cobra Kai, which sounds really tough, you don't hand out yellow shirts. <laughs>
2: They're black,
0: man. This would be black with gold trim.
2: Didn't you notice, though? I found it very funny that when training Daniel, Terry was in the long black robe like Vader and Daniel was in the white gi like Luke on Tatooine.
1: Yeah, this this is like okay, bad <laughs> Star Wars fan fiction.
0: There are a couple of things that are enjoyable in this movie. I'm trying to find the positives. I, I love that the tree that Miyagi plants in the side of the cliff is the tree on the back of Daniel's gi. I like that. I like that a lot. I thought that was nice. I, I got a, t- a small chuckle of the s- in the sweep scene. Can you teach me how to
1: sweep? Teach me front sweeps. It's the most awesome thing in the world. You know,
2: I got to say, you, you want to find a bright spot, it's Pat Morita. Yeah. Because Pat brought his A-game to a C-movie. He really did. He, he had the humor there. I've never in a movie felt for a tree before, <laughs> but the way Pat Morita sells that sh- just heartbreak at seeing what bad boy mike barnes did to the tree i thought by the way they were snake was going to steal the tree i mean they said the trees were 10 grand i figured stealing the tree i don't know where you'd find a bonsai tree fence
1: there's no ebay back then to sell it on that was
2: also funny as when terry breaks into mr miyagi's house to look through his ri- rifle through his papers oh, yeah, the chimney all i could think of was why doesn't he just google him
1: well, here's the other problem is they steal all of Mr. Miyagi's fake bonsai trees because I guess the real ones are really rare. So Daniel steals or I don't know. He digs up the original one to sell for money to save the store. But then Mr. Miyagi sells his truck to, to reap to, so he could stock up on bonsai tree. His truck that doesn't doesn't start. It's worth probably 150 bucks. <laughs> And that's what saves his business versus this $10,000 bonsai tree. What
2: about he had like five cars, five classic cars for Daniels son to choose from a year ago? Where'd those go? Did Yuki move into a mansion here?
0: I love Daniels also says when he's going to get the tree with his girl, Jessica, yeah, Mr. Miyagi, he could sell it for
2: $10,000. He'll be set for life. Yes. What? <laughs> set for life? It, with it was the 000? 80s. If he invests it well at a good 4.5 APR.
1: (laughs) He could get some of that Apple stock back then.
2: Yeah. I got to say about this tournament, it sucked. (laughs) because at the last one, we got the montage where we get to see Lamar fighting and all the various things here. They don't even give us a fighting montage. We just jump straight in. And it's so convenient that the returning champion, the rules have changed. Now he only has to fight one fight. Yeah. Cause we come to see the karate kid to see one freaking fight. That's what we want. So we finally get to the fight and you know, if I was Mike Barnes, I'd be a little questioning because he only gets 50% of the dojo if he wins, but they want him to use a losing strategy. Win a point, then lose a point. Wouldn't he just want to win the points and get the dojo? I don't understand his motivation there.
1: Yeah, Mike Barnes never read Casey at the Bat. Yes,
2: <laughs> good analogy, Jacob.
1: It's, it's man, it's right there. You you could have gone home and read a children's book, and you could have saved your time. I, if that's the point of this, is to just beat the crap out of someone as soon as possible and not wait for overtime so you can get that fifty percent cut. That's you know, just read Casey at the Bat.
2: So. Even if Bad Boy Mike Barnes wins and they open this whole school of dojos, I mean, it's not like they're taking away Mr. Miyagi's little tree business. It's not like they're going to open a bigger, badder bonsai store across the street. Why does Mr. Miyagi care if there's, you know, more Cobra Kai? It's really just if they beat up people, right? Or or is it that he's going to create this, like, the foot soldiers of Cobra Kai, or something? <laughs>
1: Mr. Plus, Miyagi said, is so concerned about the honor of karate, and it, it would tear him apart knowing that there's all these McDojos around teaching people bad <laughs> karate. He would, he would have to take it upon himself to go about and clean the streets up. The super of karate dojos.
0: I don't understand either, as I said before, how if they do defeat, if Daniel Sun does defeat the the bad villains here, What's going to make them stop just because they lose? It doesn't make any sense. The whole thing, win or lose, these guys can still pick on Miyagi and Daniel until the cows come home. It, it, there's, no, there's no finality
2: here.
1: Well, Terry's yeah. got to get back to dumping Sludge in Borneo, so. Yeah. Right. I mean,
2: did you notice his company name was Dynatox, as in toxic? It's subtle, like everything else in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, yeah, they can open their dojos, but without winning that tournament, apparently they can't get any students, and, they won't have bad boy Mike Barnes to <laughs> use anymore as their muscle. So I guess Kreese just has to go back to being drunk and unemployed.
0: I guess. I Couldn't guess. happen to a
2: nicer sensei.
0: You can also open Cobra Kai dojos in another state. <laughs> if he's going to open 25 different locations in California, why don't you just move them to Idaho and start there? And you can start all over again. No one's going to really know.
1: You know, you bring up – a. Good, there, there's no character arc for Crease, who this whole movie is built on. He goes from homeless at the beginning to homeless at the end.
2: Yeah, yeah, just yeah. like a comic book villain. They you didn't know? even
1: need a special appearance by him because he doesn't do anything. They could have used the cardboard cutout they already had. <laughs> he does nothing in this
2: movie. Yeah, but the cardboard cutout doesn't laugh as ridiculously when popping out behind itself. Yeah. <laughs> They also said there's a rule
0: this time, no face contact. I'll be disqualified. Daniel drops that when he's training with Terry, but didn't, wasn't the crane kick a face contact? New
1: New rules. rules. New rules. (laughs)
2: <laughs> so we can't use crank kick again anyway we can't
1: use good storytelling again we can't use anything again in this
2: movie. <laughs> what's really disappointing is this movie is called the karate kid right part three so he should really be good at karate right now like do you remember rocky 3 the only way mr t beat rocky in rocky 3 is because rocky's trainer had just died and rocky was grief stricken right but when rocky brought his game rocky won karate kid part three daniel-san should be pretty freaking good He sucks at karate. I'm like, we've been rooting for him for three movies, and he's just getting his butt handed to him again and again and again. He gets one hit in the whole fight. That's it. He should be better than that. You know, if we're going back to the Star Wars analogy, I want to see Vader versus Luke, the Return of the Jedi fight, where Luke can actually stand up to Vader. I want to see a hard-fought battle. I don't want to just see Daniel get his butt handed to him. Arnie, also in Rocky
0: Three. There's a big, the big moment, turning point of Rocky's training is he confesses to Apollo that he's afraid of Clubber Lang. Well, Daniel says the same thing right there on the mat during the match. I'm afraid, okay? I'm afraid. It's right out of Rocky 3, right there. So it's a perfect correlation. It's exactly the same situation.
1: I have to say it was good. It was nice to see uh, Mr. Miyagi actually doing some coaching for once, though, during the match. First two movies, he kind of just stands there and watch, and this one, he actually gets down on the ground and coaches Daniel. So I like that he actually got involved for once. Again, it was too rushed, that, that whole moment where I'm too scared to fight. I, I can't, you know, and Miyagi's like, you got to find your center. You got to get your focus. That should have been like one of the major themes of this movie. And it gets crushed into like 30 seconds at the end.
0: The whole thing about balance in the first movie really could have been stronger in this movie as a theme. It would have been nice because Daniel was falling out of balance to regain balance, all that kind of stuff. It would have been a really nice theme to really maintain and remind us of, and they didn't do yeah, it. Yeah,
2: there's a lot of things that they didn't do that could have made this movie Better. I mean, honestly, when I saw the first movie, when we were doing this retrospective series, I was just so impressed with the soul it had and how much it made me care for these characters and how we had the big conversation, Brock, about how it wasn't a children's movie. This is such a kid's movie that it's practically I can see the cell animation.
0: So in the first movie, you had the crane technique. In the second movie, we had the Miyagi drum technique. This movie's special power is the kata. And they keep doing it throughout the movie. And they keep using the word kata, kata, kata. And, and the bad guys yeah. make fun of the kata. And of course, that's what Daniel uses at the end to defeat the evil. Oh, Karate, sorry, Arnie. His name is Karate's Bad Boy, Mike Barnes. Yeah. Copyright.
1: So <laughs> I, I <laughs> and of course, it works. <laughs> <I> <laughs> well, here, it. here's the problem with a kata. A kata, it's a practice routine. So first of all, now I know Crease and Silver and Bad Boy Mike Barnes, I guess they're evil karate people. But kata is a really basic thing that you learn in karate. That's one of the first things I learned when I started taking karate, and they get more and more difficult. But it's not like a fighting move. It's a practice routine to practice the basics and the fundamentals.
2: What I love is like when he's doing it on the mat and I think it's Snake who yells, he's hallucinating.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Not the same as uh, the body bag line, but, you know, you can't win them all. Uh, Why was Mike Barnes dazed and confused by that kata? Like, what is he doing? I've never seen that before.
2: Because he's a bad boy and kata is not done by bad boys. So he never learned a kata? he expect daniel
1: to pull out some nunchucks and ninja stars not to start doing some karate <laughs> dance that's how bad boys you know that's that's the way they fly.
2: and even though they kept calling it kata i thought it was like that tai chi you know the like the old people do
1: no, I mean, katas, they're a routine. They're a practice routine, and it's they're not all slow like Tai Chi, but it's not
2: something you fight with. But let me tell you something. I knew when we saw him doing the kata up on the mountain, I'm like, you know, at the end of the movie, this is going to be what wins. Nothing he learns from Terry Silver is going to help him. It's going to be this little dance maneuver that's going to win the day. And I, I didn't remember that from seeing this, you know, 21 years ago, but I, I was right
0: a beautiful shot, by the way, the beautiful helicopter pullback shot from on top of the mountain. I just want to point that out. It was a great. It
2: really was a beautiful shot. But I got to ask, Jacob, did smog really increase between 1985 and 1989? Because one thing I got out of this movie, there wasn't a clear skyline to be seen.
1: Well, in the valley, and I'm not sure where that that shot was done at. But in the valley, I mean, it was really bad. It's actually gotten a lot better in the 90s when they started cleaning it, cleaning it up. But I mean, it was really in the 70s and 80s. It was awful out here in L.A., Um, until the last 20 years where they've cleaned everything up
2: because i thought that shot would have been so much prettier had you could have actually seen the city in the distance instead of the (laughs) city through the haze the yellow haze i don't even
1: think you could see the city from the distance today and it's a lot cleaner than it used to be so that's just la as, as they say as they get off the plane, ah, oh, smell that smog.
0: And what a beautiful transition that was. Drop off crease, we see Daniel and Miyagi. Oh. <laughs> and one, and one what, thing we what? have not talked about yet, we have to mention, we have to mention this. They put her in the front credits. I thought she was going to have a big role. She didn't. Randy Heller returns as Daniel's mom in one of the... <laughs> Weirdest scenes in the movie, if that's even possible for that to win. <laughs> it, it was one of those sitcom setup shots. You ever see a sitcom when they they have someone on the phone? It's just a steady camera with a chair and the person
2: and the cha- and the phone. Obvious second unit production. she was just it was she's in the foreground, the guy's sick in the background. Hey, we Uncle- finally see Uncle Louie. We've been hearing about Uncle Louie for <laughs> three movies. We have and we have this comedy bit. In
0: the beginning of the movie of the sick Uncle Louie and basically writing her off. They could have said that in a line like they did for Kumiko, but instead they gave her a few lines so she can come back into the movie.
2: I was glad they did it because I was sitting there. I was kind of mad that Yukie, Kumiko, mom, everybody was missing. I was glad we got to see the mother and we got to see that old apartment tenant yeah. from way back in part one, you know.
1: Well, I was going to say, they, they managed to bring her back, but they couldn't get Allie back for a cameo in the second film.
2: I wanted Freddie Fernandez to show up. <laughs> <laughs> well, they got Cletus from the Dukes
0: of Hazard, so maybe they were hurting their budget. All right. Well, I guess it's come, it comes to that time. Jacob Arnie, <laughs> do you recommend The Karate Kid Part 3? Jacob.
1: I'm going to keep this short like I wish this movie was. The Karate Kid Three makes the Karate Kid Two look like Karate Kid One. Not recommended. <laughs> Not recommended at all.
2: Arnie, nope. <laughs> <laughs> I really, you know what? I I, I said it earlier. This, <laughs> how can a series fall so far? so fast it's like again the only person who seemed to want to be involved in this was pat morita the writer took a vacation the director didn't care ralph macchio didn't get in shape if none of them care about this movie why should i it's hysterically bad though i will put it in the so bad it's good category terry is just like the lex Luthor of karate so so bad it's good but not so bad that it's so good that I have to recommend it.
0: And I'm I'm right there with you. My theory on this is this could be somebody's like guilty pleasure movie. This movie can be certainly one of those it's so bad it's just I, I you got to watch this how bad it is, but not for me. I'm not recommending this movie at all. It's all over the place. It's no there's really no need for this movie. You know, you can do a part 3 short and sweet. A great example of that is Jurassic Park. We ever do a Jurassic Park retrospective. Part 3 is not part one, but it's its own kind of thing. They could have done something like that and given us a short, quick revisit the character kind of thing. What they did here was just <laughs> laughable and not laughably good. But then again, it's sort of watchable, but it's not necessary viewing of this is incredibly bad. You have to see this. So, yeah, no, do not watch this movie if you trust us. Don't watch the movie. But then again, you got to see it. <laughs> You gotta see it.
1: Uh, It's one of those you gotta see to believe. You can't believe
0: it. um, You can't
1: get how bad it is from the way we've been talking about it. You gotta really watch it to get how bad this is.
2: But I think there needs to be a warning that we give our viewers. You need to take a little advil beforehand, or you may suffer your eye rolling strain. The kids will like this movie. We we talked about
0: my first thing was the first movie was a kids movie and an adult movie and a family movie. The second movie was more of a kids movie. This one is a stripped kids movie, and, and it and that's all there is to it. Because the parents will not get any enjoyment out of it. It's not a, a family kids movie. movie it's is a kids gang movie. rape. Well, the reference of gang rape aside, it's like it's 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 more of a kids movie and kids motivation, cartoon stuff. So yeah, just anyway, we've we've said. It. So if you enjoy this podcast, please visit our website at www.nowplayingpodcast.com to download other entries in this Karate Kid series or in other series entirely. We have Star Trek, Terminator, Back to the Future, a whole bunch more. You can find all of those in our archive section. You can also go to our forums, a link of which is at our homepage, and you can discuss this episode and all our other episodes with other listeners like you. And if you enjoy this podcast, please Leave a positive review for us on iTunes so other people like yourselves can find us and join in the fun. Also, we're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. You pretty much can find us everywhere all over the net. Please come come to nowplayingpodcast.com and support us. I want to thank Jacob and Arnie for joining me today for this one. It was uh, an interesting entry into
2: into a beloved series. I laughed as hard talking about the movie as I did watching the movie. Yeah, it was a fun conversation. (laughs) But you know what? I gotta say, I'd never seen Karate Kid 4, and I'm looking forward to it coming out of 3, just hoping, I know it's Pat Morita's last entry because he's no longer with us, he can't do a cameo in the next one, so I just hope that it ends on a good note and isn't a terrible bastardization of the franchise like this one. I know that the next one did terrible, but I'm hoping that it's just misunderstood and unwanted rather than this bad.
0: And we'll find out when we discuss the next Karate Kid on our next podcast. Talk to you then. Hey! We did it! We did it! All right! Oh, Daniel, sir. Very good job. Go home. Get to rest. Come morning. start early, 6 o'clock. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Now Playing Karate Kid Retrospective. You're too much TV. Come back to NowPlayingPodcast.com each week for a new podcast from now until the release of the new Karate Kid film on June 11th. I think you talk too much. I think you're not concentrated
2: enough. That's how work to be done.
0: If you enjoy this podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes or recommend us to your friends.
2: After. After what?
0: After, after. You can follow Now Playing on Twitter or Facebook or in the Now Playing forums. Links to these pages can be found at NowPlayingPodcast.com. Oh man, he's had
2: enough! I when he's had enough, man!
0: Now Playing is a Vinganza Media production, copyright 2010, all rights reserved. Podcast edited by Jay. The Karate Kid Films is copyright and trademark Columbia Pictures, and no infringement is intended. I just love that had special appearance by Martin Cove, like he was doing something else, that he had to stop doing it and come in here.
1: Part two, that's a special appearance. He comes in for a short cameo. He's kind of like one of the main villains in part three. There's nothing special about his appearance. The story's about his appearance.
2: Terry hires karate bad boy Mike Barnes. <laughs> Oh, it's hard not to make the summary, the critique itself.
1: I, I, yeah, I, I've actually had to put my mic on mute because I've just been cracking up. It, it sounds even worse when you do this by summary.
2: <laughs> Mr. Miyagi planted a real bonsai tree on the side of a mountain. Trapped there. <laughs> <laughs> you can shorten this up a little bit, can't we, before I lose my <laughs>